Welcome to Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories, written and narrated by Heather Lynn McMillan and copyright 2022. Content warning. The Anturia Diaries prequel stories consistently feature themes of graphic violence, profanity, controversial topics, and sexual content. As such, these podcasts are not suitable for listeners under the age of 18. Some episodes also contain more specific themes which may be triggering. These episodes will feature further content warnings in the notes. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. Episode 11, A Friend to All. Our defeat of the rebels was short and sweet, thanks to Emperor Austin Daxingovan, who was referred to as Emperor Dax for short when not in his presence. But the emperor did at least keep his word and return Dalphia and the other guards to us. He and all of his company did retreat from our continent, dumping thousands of humans they already deemed undesirable. The rebuilding of Tethia was slow, and Dalphia came back to my home to help me clean up, properly bury any remains that might have existed after all this time, and recover from my emotional scars from being in my old home again. I thought about occupying another place in the city, as there were many abandoned homes available with so much life lost during the war. But my heart could not bear to part with the garden in my backyard that Afanon had built with me. With the Porta Segreta malfunctioning and no one manning it, rumors came to us of the overpopulation of Balea Island. The whole place was a disaster, as no ships or vessels or aircraft were going into the island to pick up the humans that kept appearing there. Disease was running rampant, and many humans, already disoriented and terrified by being there, were resorting to murder and cannibalism to survive. The reports were dreadful and shocking. Somehow, we would need to deal with Emperor Dax in the future. But right now, I knew that our priority had to shift from recovery of our communities to stopping this madness occurring on Balea Island at the Porta Segreta. I was in the new headquarters for the Council of Elders in Tethia telling Dalphia this when he appeared and cleared his throat as he stood in the doorway to my office. Good morning. Your assistant said that you had no appointment right now and I could step in to speak with you. If that is incorrect, and you are otherwise engaged, I would be happy to return at a more convenient time for you. He inclined his head respectfully to me and waited for a response. I looked him up and down for a moment. He was a crow and gloss with blue skin, purple hair, and green eyes. He was dressed smartly, but not to the point where he appeared like one of those pretentious idiots who lived for fashion. He made fashion work for him, and not the other way around. His eyes were soft and kind, and they had a strength and intelligence behind them. He appeared young to me, but Crow and Gloss always appeared to look young to me, no matter how old they were. I think it was the effects of the blue skin. I looked from him to Dalphia, and then back to him. I have time to speak with you now. I am Bryn Tal, I said, introducing myself, and then I motioned to Dalphia. This is my advisor, Dalphia. It wasn't the whole truth, as obviously Dalphia was a lot more than my advisor. 
but I didn't want him to feel like I thought he was a threat by mentioning she was also my private guard. He swept down into a bow and smiled. A pleasure to meet you. I am Justin Bavon, a friend to all from the community of Iyana down in the south. I nodded. Yes, I am very familiar with Iyana. It's a beautiful place. He smiled and nodded. Yes, it is. However, the Ayana you remember was much larger than it is now. A new community was formed to our south that took our southernmost tip and our islands. We are not upset over it, mind you. These things happen as communities grow and evolve. He shrugged, really seeming not to care about it. Anyway, up until a few months ago, I was studying the Porta Segreta on Balia Island when I was thrown out by the rebels who took over. I understand now that the Porta Segreta is wildly out of control and we, in Iyana, have quit sending boats over to the island to bring humans back to the mainland. I fear the situation there may be desperate. And while I am not human, I would not wish that environment on someone I could not stand. Never mind these poor humans who don't even understand what is happening to them as they are pulled involuntarily from their world into the middle of, well, as they would call it, hell. Justin was very articulate and animated in his speaking. I sensed the genuineness in his words as he spoke. I didn't interrupt him and let him continue. I realize it will be difficult, but I would like to be given the chance to stop the flow of humans from Earth. I believe I can stop the Porta Segreta, even if I cannot yet repair it. I would need more time with it in order to repair it, if that's determined by all of you as desirable. But I'm certain everyone must agree that it needs to be stopped, and what's left of the humans there will need to be managed in some way or another. I looked at him somewhat dubiously, as there had been many people who claimed to have experience working on the Porta Segreta, and that had nothing but designs on using the machine for evil purposes. This occurred since the moment we installed it here on Anturia for the first time. He appeared to read my mind and added, I have references, of course, one of particular interest to you. Her name is Aweer. Now that did catch my interest. Aweer was hard to please, and for him to be able to cite her as his reference did impress me. I would confirm, of course, later. Obviously, Dalfia felt the same way because I noticed that she lifted an eyebrow at the mention of Aweer's name as though she were impressed as well. Well, outside of Dalfia here, you can have no higher commendation with me, I assured him. And you are correct. Stopping the Porta Segreta must be our highest priority. I welcome your offer to assist us, and I think the whole council will too once we bring it up for a vote. I thank you for your consideration. Do you have somewhere to stay here in town while we vote on it, and then, if passed, formulate a plan to return to Belia Island? He shook his head negatively. No, I just arrived and sought you out immediately after being no longer able to witness the suffering of my own people from human overcrowding and hearing the reports of what the humans trapped on Belia Island were enduring. Dalfia, would you please make sure that Justin is set up with a room here in town and that he comes to our council meetings? About a week after Justin's arrival, the council had approved the motion for his attempt to stop the Porta Segreta and began to formulate a plan to get a group in there. The council had flown some aircraft over Belia Island to survey the madness as firsthand as possible without actually being on land. The scene, even from the air, was quite morbid from the reports that came back. There were dead bodies in various states of decompose everywhere. 
there were some groups of people that managed to defend their own, living on, presumably, the corpses of those that were dead, since there were no more food sources on the island. That was the terrible news. The good news was, if it could be considered good news, that as soon as new humans appeared from the Porta Segreta, the humans already living there had patrols waiting on the dais to slaughter them to prevent any further overcrowding. While this was gruesome, it kept the number of living humans on the island to a smaller number than anticipated by the Council's previous intelligent reports. We formulated a plan to first drop from the air parcels of food, medicine, clothes in all sizes, water, and other necessary supplies that they might be lacking. We also wrote notes in the various languages of Earth that we had already learned, expressing that we wished to come to the island to get them off and settled into civilized living again. We gave a brief explanation of what happened to them in the note, even though we left out the part that their being brought here was all our fault. The council felt it was better not to invoke their ire at us for when we attempted to land on the island. We also decided to go there with very large numbers of crafts, both air and sea, so we could outnumber any insurgents or attack and have plenty of vessels to escape should some of the ships get swamped or taken over by humans on the island. We weren't really sure what to expect. We wanted to do the right thing for them, for all of us, but the situation there had become so savage out of necessity there was no guarantee of what would occur once we arrived. All of the relief supplies made it safely to the island, and after a few days we were gathering all of our forces to head toward the island via air and water. I was nervous and apprehensive. The only person around me that looked calm and cool this whole time was Dalfia, but I'm not certain if anything truly terrified her. She always told me that the worst-case scenario would be that she would die, and that death is bound to happen regardless of our actions. In moments like these, I had to admire her pragmatism. The Council had all decided to travel via ship instead of air. I was not a fan of being in the air anyway, as I always believed if we were meant to fly, we would have wings. I also never went into space to visit other planets, or even our moon. Some Anturians have done so, but I was not one to volunteer and had no such reason to do so, thankfully. Anyway, in the ship, we could stop close enough to see what was happening without the danger of being taken over. Dalfia indicated our ship would not land on the island until all the humans were contained and carried off the island, just as an extra layer of security. Initially, I wanted to argue this, as I felt it my responsibility and that of the Council to meet them and apologize for their lives so far here on Anturia. However, she reminded me that we could apologize to them later, after they were settled on the mainland somewhere and had the mental, physical, social, and emotional rehabilitation that they would surely need after this experience. Her words had merit, even though my conscience was still bothered by it all. My lack of speaking up against this Porta Segreta when I had doubts still lingered in my consciousness. Maybe I would never recover from the guilt of my inaction in those days. Justin traveled with us on our ship. Justin had introduced himself as a friend to all, and it turned out to be quite true. Everyone got along with him. He was comical, but not in an offensive or annoying way. He was empathetic. He was quiet, but he also managed to engage others in conversation. He listened more than he spoke, and I always believe that to be a mark of someone with superior intelligence or wisdom 
or in his case, both. The plan was after the humans were removed from the island, we would all go there and Justin would have the team and the supplies he needed to start work on the Porta Segreta immediately so that it could be stopped as soon as possible. In addition to Justin's team, we'd have a team to control the humans as they arrived on the dais of the portal and ship them to the mainland for integration into our world. This team would only need to function on the island until Justin could stop the machine from running. Afterward, they would all return to the mainland to focus on the rehabilitation and integrations of the humans into our society. The other team that would be on the island was the cleanup team. This was the largest team. This was the team that would have the least fun job. And as we got closer to the island, I saw the grim state of it. I realized how wretched this job would be. This team would need to clean up the island, the waters around the island, and the living quarters in the Porta Segreta so that Justin's team, who worked on and maintained the Porta Segreta, could once again reside there. Justin had volunteered to stay there as long as it took to stop the machine and, if we so wished, repair it to get it functioning correctly again. We had not made the decision for that yet. Our ships moved closer in the water to Belia Island. There were bodies and body parts floating in and around the island as far as a hundred miles out from it. We got closer to the island. The bodies became so thick in the water that some of the boats that were part of the initial landing group had to get Anturians with sticks and oars to move the bodies out of the way so the ships could progress to land on the island. I nearly retched several times watching this. The smell was overpowering, even from as far away as our ship stopped. Our captain shifted our position several times so we would not be downstream of the wind. But the smell was unescapable in any radius of the island, no matter where you were located. All of the ships were coming into place now, both from the air and the sea. I took a deep breath in. Here we go, I whispered to Dalphia or the waves, or whatever was listening to me. Our teams did a great job of timing everything so that everyone on our side landed at the exact same time. The initial groups were attacked by a group of humans, but not as many humans as we were expecting to attack us, which was a relief on everyone's part. However, during the hour-long attack, most of the fighting humans and several of our team members were killed in the fighting. At the end of the battle, the rest of the humans on the island seemed to welcome us after the fighting had stopped. They rushed over to greet our teams and even to hug some of them. Our relief teams began putting blankets around them and helping them gather up their sick and injured first so they could get those to board the awaiting ships and be treated immediately. The rest of the humans were to follow, and they all did. The whole scene took about three hours from our first landing to the moment the last ship with the last of the humans, who had been stuck on the island, departed. We had other ships available to load more humans because we never knew when the Porta Segreta was going to bring another batch onto the dais and how many humans it would bring at that moment. That team, now called the Welcome Team, set up to make sure any arriving humans would be intercepted immediately and educated on what happened to them and then escorted quickly off the island. The cleanup crew began their grisly work, and our ship began to move toward the island finally. It seemed like it took us longer to make landfall because we had to navigate all the bodies in the water. 
The bloodshed from our Civil War was nothing in comparison to this. This was the most brutal scene I'd ever witnessed in my life. I hoped I would never have to witness anything like it again. The savagery that drove these humans was beyond anything I could comprehend. Finally, we docked and left our ship and walked toward the Porta Segreta. The land wasn't much better than the water, and it was hard for me to believe we were on Balea Island, given my last memory of it when the Porta Segreta was first installed. We stepped over bodies and pools of internal organs in various states of decomposition. Some of these things were covered in maggots, ants, or other insects doing their jobs and devouring what they could. I cringed as I stepped over what looked like the face of a baby that had been cut off and thrown to the ground. Humans did not handle stress or duress well, but then again, considering what the rebels of our own kind had just done to us, maybe we weren't much better. We entered the maintenance entrance to the Porta Segreta, and we found that the rebels had managed to lock the doors to this part, barring entrance of humans into its interior. We, of course, had the key and entered. However, the dead bodies of those Anturian rebels who locked themselves inside and either killed themselves or ran out of supplies and died were littered around the halls along with the Anturians that had fought during the initial outbreak of the Civil War. The cleanup crew would have to get all of these things as well. After trailing through various hallways, we made it to the main control room where lights and buttons and keyboards and switches and levers were all around us in the room. Justin went over to the main console in the center of the room and without a word to us, he began to work. He had a determined and grave look on his face, and I suspect his emotions from seeing what happened on this island were similar to mine. He appeared more determined than ever to stop this machine and end this madness for good. He was indeed a friend to all. Thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 11, A Friend to All, from the Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast subscription apps or at anturia.org. Season 1, Episode 12, A Tale of Two Continents, continues as Bryn and the Council return to Tethia, and Anturians from all over the planet converge on the continent of Landorus, trying to deal with the human problem. Stay tuned! Anturia Diaries Prequel Stories Podcast are copyright 2022 by Heather Lynn McMillan. All rights reserved. No part of these stories may be reproduced in any form or by an electronic or mechanical means, including information storage and retrieval systems, without permission in writing from the author. Disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are the product of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, events, or locales is entirely coincidental. Coincidental.